I'd like to have us uh, consider something maybe a little bit different today, and that is, um, I'm going to draw a little bit of a picture for you in our in our minds, um, and I'm going to speak of a subject of which I know very little, and that is American football. But uh, um, I, there's probably folks who think that football is, American football is in the Bible, but it's, uh, I don't think it is, but I do want to have you turn to a text and that is in 1 Samuel chapter 10. And uh, in a few moments, I'm going to begin reading in uh, 1 Samuel 10, verse 5. And um, and here's um, a parallel. I was just talking to my wife about this, and this is kind of a mental picture. So periodically, we watch a football game. And I know in most of the world outside of the U.S., football is what we would consider in the U.S. soccer. Um, and um, but I'm referring to the uh, the oval ball that uh, Americans kick around a field and throw around a field. And and uh, several teams here recently, um, and this is nothing new. It's just something that I've connected to what we're doing here in this meeting. Uh, if they have to get the ball a short distance um they will often put somebody with their hand on the ball and uh they evidently then call the play and it's almost like the whole team gets around that one person and pushes them through the barrier of the opposing team to accomplish those few inches of distance they need with that field and it's there's a difference between that one person doing it and the whole team in back of them pushing that person, pushing that guy through the opposing team to get to the goal. And um, and I got thinking that's much of what we do here. Uh, there's a difference between personal prayer, which is good and obviously commendable and and in the Bible. And, and we, we, we like personal praying when we're not on the prayer call or when we're not in our church meetings, we pray by ourselves. But there's a certain tone in the New Testament that has to do with corporate prayer. Um, a bunch of people gathering around a cause. Our cause here is the advance of the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and uh, really collectively pushing in prayer, if you will. And um, um, I, I did not preach in a church yesterday. I was actually in two morning church services yesterday, one after another. And in the second service, I got talking to a lady um, that um, has been burdened for her mother for many years. Uh, her mother has been hostile to the gospel for many years. But yet, uh, just about a year and a half ago, she had the privilege had the privilege of let me just, had the privilege of leading her mother to the Lord. And um, I I got thinking about even just those who would have been praying for this lady um, many over many years. And just little by little, this lady started seeing things differently. She became not as hostile, became to the came to the place where she started inquir inquiring about things, to the place where then her believing daughter got to lead her mother 
to Christ. And um, in a real sense, there were many people praying and pushing the ball, if you will, across the line. I mean, that lady had to personally trust Christ as Savior, but there was a collective effort of people praying. And that is us. And I'm, I just want to, I'm going to mention a couple things here and then I'll be done. Actually, I'll read this text, but I want to ask if you would, maybe even between now and the end of the year, we just have a few weeks until the end of 2023. Would you consider asking others to join the team of praying people this call? As you're gathering with your churches or with your families or in your neighborhoods or at your workplace, I want to encourage you, would you consider, I, jot, I jotted about 50 people down this morning that I would like to invite to this prayer call. It may be that I've already invited them and they haven't come, but there is something about corporate prayer, united prayer. In fact, it is uniting hearts, multiple plural hearts in prayer to accomplish a goal. And um, I don't know how well, how well, how else to say this, but it takes doing, you know, it takes effort. It takes strenuous effort. It may even take, um, if you will, um, and I'm not sure I want to draw this picture a parallel, but treating this prayer call like a business. I mean, if, the, if your livelihood depended on it, you would make a point and I would make a point to be diligent. And um, if the gospel is free, and it is, and if eternity is long, and it is, it's eternal, um, if grace is available and salvation is for the asking, then let's be praying for the advance of the gospel. And I know that we all think this way, but I have uh, just been thinking in my head about collective effort toward a common goal. And uh, so this, this text um, came to mind as I was uh, walking the other day, and, um, and I just want to just, there's just a nuance of this text I want to call our attention to in 1 Samuel chapter 10. This is, um, this is where Saul is going to be anointed as king, and it's the leading, the verses leading up to that where the scripture says, after that, you shall come to the hill of God. This is 1 Samuel 10, 5, where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen when you, speaking to Saul, when you have come, um, and I'm going to pause here just for a second, and we can maybe edit this out. But um, Dalton, um, I'm going to mute you. And I know you're a dear believer, but there's something of interference there. And um, so I, don't, I think you're trying to connect, and we're glad you're trying to connect um, and it will happen when you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a stringed instrument, a tambourine, a flute, and a harp before them, and they will be prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. In other words, this was not expected. Um, it was uh, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Now, I don't know that this is the salvation of Saul, but I do believe this is an influence of the Spirit of God on Saul that makes him different, even progressively different, which is some that of which we pray. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands. 
for God is with you. In other words, God is at work. God is active. This is the manifest presence of God. This is this is God stirring the heart. You shall go down before me to Gilgal, Gilgal, and surely I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifice of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait till I come to you and show you what you should do. So there is a, we're going to continue with verse 10 here in just a second, but this is a working in the life of Saul by God's spirit that is making a noticeable change in Saul, um, which is what we're after. Verse 10, when they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him then the Spirit of God came. I love those words. I mean, it was noticeable. And the idea here in the Hebrew is that the Spirit of God came mightily. Other places, it talks about uh, something that was rushing. It was a mighty coming of the Spirit of God came upon him. And he prophesied among them. And it happened when he, uh, when all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets, that the people said one to another, what is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? So it's just striking that there is evidence here of what God can do in the life of someone to bring them from one person to another person, one temperament to another temperament, one point of view to another point of view. What an incredible change God can make. And I couldn't help but think of this lady whose mother came to Christ over several years, but with much prayer and much effort. And um, I'm going to show you a picture. And uh, because because for some reason, the way the software is set up, I can't share my screen, but I, in my profile picture, so I put a picture. So when I, when I stop the video, if you happen to be able to on, on your view to be able to see, be in the speaker view or something, um, this will be large. But uh, this picture here, I have shown a few years ago, this picture I took in the country of Ukraine. This is down in the Crimea area. Um, and this is obviously before uh, the current um, war. Um, there's just quite a story behind this, and I'm going to make it very short. So this was actually four of us. There were actually five of us praying. And the man on the left is the pastor of the church. The man in the middle is a um, missionary, and they call him an evangelist in the church. And the man on the right um, was a uh, a man who's in the church and um the man in the middle used to be a muslim imam and the man on the left lived in the apartment building they they both lived in the same apartment building and the wife of the man on the left invited the man in the middle's wife to a bible study now remember she's a muslim and he's an authority as a Muslim. He happened to be gone at the time. 
And so she invited her to a Bible study. And over the course of a couple of weeks of being in the Bible study, this Muslim imam's wife trusted Christ as Savior. And when this man came home, he walked in the door of his apartment and he said, something's different. First words out of his mouth. And he's telling me this after the fact. He said, I walked in to the apartment and I said, something is different. And um, after a series of questions, his wife said, I have trusted Jesus of Nazareth as my savior. And for several weeks, he did not talk to her. He just watched. And after about six weeks, he said, I realized she was different. And during those six weeks, this church surrounded her in prayer. It was for protection, but it was also for his soul. And after six weeks, he said, if Jesus makes this kind of a change in her life, he can change my life also. And he trusted Christ as his Savior. Now he's an evangelist in that church leading others to Christ. Now, I say all that to say it is worth going out of our way to invite others to pray with us. It is worth even praying that, the, that God would manifest himself in the lives of others to where people would say, what is this that has come upon the son of Kish? May it be that through our praying, we see transformed lives. It's worth it. And I want to encourage us to be diligent. I want to encourage us to be faithful. I want to encourage us to be sacrificial. I want to encourage us to even go outside of our comfort zone to encourage other believers to be a part of this prayer team and praying for the advance of the gospel. Um, may it be that even by the end of the year, we have invited many, and maybe others have joined us, and we launch into 2024 with incredible strength. Not that we're weak where we are, but there does seem to be um, a tone in the scripture that God honors a praying bunch of people, and uh, we want to be a team, a family, praying for the advance of the kingdom of heaven. May it be that there are many that come to Christ in this next year, if not an awakening, if not a revival, many come to Christ as a result of our focused, targeted prayer for gospel advance. Amen. Back to you, Tom. Thank you.